everyone. Welcome to Leading Forward. We're the Virginia Society of CPAs podcast on leadership and innovation. And today I have Jenny Harris with us. She is um, graciously come to talk to us about mental health and well-being. Um, this is part of our, our mental health initiative. And Jenny, who is with Deloitte, has had the um, pleasure of what she what she described as working outside her day job <laughs> and um, getting involved in the wellness area. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you for coming. Great. Thank you, Maureen. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm actually a member of the Virginia Society of CPAs as well. So I'm based out of the, the Washington, D.C. area, but really excited to join you today. And this is such an important topic, especially I feel like there's been a spotlight on it during COVID. But even before COVID and after COVID's long gone, we will mental health and well-being is going to be important. So I'm glad you glad you brought this topic up. Yeah, today. yeah. It's it's actually um, a lot of this stuff was lingering under there and it's allowed us to open that door. Um, obviously, it is more intense, but it, it certainly has given um, a lot of permission um, to Definitely. have these conversations. So that's really um, hopefully one of the bright spots that we've <laughs> had to live through. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's in some ways made people more aware or maybe a little bit more empathetic given that we're, we're literally the entire world is kind of going through somewhat of the same thing um, or had at least in the beginning with a lot of isolation and different things. So it is, it is an interesting, um, you know, just concept that we've all been going through the same thing and then how we can actually see now, okay, well, what is anxiety? What is some, what does isolation feel like? What are some of these thoughts of not having control? So I do think in a way, you know, if they're, like you said, kind of looking for that silver lining, this would be one of them that we've at least been able to connect and, and um, you know, kind of shine a light on mental health and, and people are at least a little bit more educated or a little bit more understanding right, um, right. of other people. So Jenny, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and how you came to be an auditor at Deloitte and even more interestingly, how you came to be talking about the subject. Sure, definitely. So I'm an audit partner at Deloitte, again, based out of the Washington, D.C. area. My primary focus is financial services, um, primarily banking and investment management. And, and that's really been my focus for most of my career. I, I actually started with Deloitte in Seattle um, after a short stint at Anderson and actually worked at a bank for um, a little bit after, after Anderson and just really enjoyed banking and really enjoyed, um, you know, knew I wanted to go back into public accounting. So I kind of sought out the opportunity to join Deloitte and have, that was in 2003 and have been, been with Deloitte ever since and relocated to the DC area about 12 years ago. And um, more for, that was more for personal kind of professional reasons too, though. It just seemed like the right time. It was during the credit crisis and the large bank I was serving was, you know, like many large banks during that time, um, you know, no longer existed after the credit crisis. So relocated here to the DC area. And, um, you know, it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. You know, at the time I wasn't sure did I want to make partner? Did I not? I really didn't know you know, where I was headed. I, we were starting our family. And so, you know, just focused on a lot of different things in life and, and, you know, hadn't really set my sights necessarily on making partner Deloitte, but really enjoyed what I was doing, like the kind of diversity of the different tasks and, and responsibilities that I had, really enjoyed the people, enjoyed working with my, my clients. I've always thought out, um, I call them kind of extracurricular or side jobs or, you know, kind of non-core audit um, leadership roles. And so that was something that I had done throughout my career as a senior and a manager or senior manager. Um, and then, you know, 
decided that I really felt passionately about being a partner and wanted to pursue that path. And so thankfully that that worked out for me and um, I've been a partner here at Deloitte for a little over about five and a half years now. And um, a couple of years into that journey, I, you know, got approached to be our first audit and assurance well-being leader for, for Deloitte overall in the U.S. And, you know, at the time, I, I didn't know what that meant, didn't know what that role looked like. We, no one had t- had that role before me. We have um, an overall Deloitte chief well-being officer, Jen Fisher, who I'm sure many people know about or follow her on, on social media. Right. Um, and so for me, I, you know, I jumped at the opportunity, was definitely a little apprehensive at taking on a, a leadership role kind of early on in my partner tenure, but it was definitely something that I've always been passionate about well-being and, and just really just, you know, letting people know that life is important and flexibility is important. And, you know, you can't just push everything aside. You have to find some way to, you know, I don't, I don't want to call it balance because I think balance is, you know, probably never going to be achieved hundred percent, but really more integration. So work-life integration and how can you really kind of, you know, be successful at work, but at the same time um, have a, you know, really robust uh, personal life and, and commitments. And we all have a lot of things going on outside of work. So just trying to find the best way to integrate both of those. And then I would say just the past couple of years since COVID has hit, and even before that, we started to really focus on mental health a lot and, and just trying to reduce the stigma around mental health. So that's just been really eye-opening for me to be involved in that and, and just been really great throughout COVID to listen to so many people and what they're going through. And so that's, you know, that's a little bit of my journey, how I got into this well-being role. Um, it's been amazing. It balances out my client service audit roles that I, that I have. And I just find it, it helps me to kind of use all the different aspects and, you know, and my right, right side of my brain, my left side of my brain and um, right. kind of keeps it more balanced, which is great. Well, you mentioned that Deloitte has a, a chief well-being officer and, and you're the partner um, with, for assurance over well-being. That, those are really unique positions. And what, what do you think it is that was happening at Deloitte or made this such a priority for the organization? You know, I, I think it's, if you think back, it was really, it's really a journey. And then we continue on this journey. We haven't figured it out, but I do think we are, you know, we take bold steps pretty early. If you think back to the nineties with our women's initiative, being one of the firm, first firms out um, to really focus on advancing and retaining our women professionals. And, and, you know, I think in the early, late to kind of, you know, 2010 through 2015, the credit crisis was happening. There was just a lot happening, right? And I think, you know, you have different generations joining the workforce. And I, you know, I think naturally in the world, there's just a lot of friction and a lot of um, challenge to this historic, how we work, right? And, and public accounting and maybe the stigma around public accounting and busy season and, right. um, you know, busy season still there. We still have busy season. We still have client demands, we still have, you know, filing requirements and deadlines and all that stuff. None of that has changed. But I do think what's changed is just the narrative in, in the world. And I think Deloitte, um, you know, we were one of the, the, the first firms and companies really to have a chief well-being officer. So that is something that we did really early on. It's probably been, I would say, six, six seven years ago um, oh, that yeah. Jen took over that role. So, you know, we, we, I guess, jumped on this or led this band, bandwagon pretty early. And from there, each of our functions, the tax and audit and advisory and consulting and 
um, you know, we, we felt strongly that we needed to have a leader in those functions over well-being. And in, in addition to Jen and her and her full-time right. role focused on it, really, if you think about it, our, we, we need to, each of our teams, each of our people, the people that you work with are who's impacting your day-to-day well-being. And so the firm is, you know, really early on figured out that we need to get a well-being leader role over each of the different functions right. and then make sure that we're communicating down and, and making the biggest impact at the individual and, and team level. And so, you know, I, I think thankfully our firm has really bought into this and focused on it. We do a lot of surveys of our people. Obviously we have, you know, we have, we listen a lot to our people and what they need and what they're struggling with. Um, you know, we, we took some bold steps. I, again, I would say it's probably four years ago, three or four years ago to really focus on mental health and mental health awareness and, and education and got support from leadership really early on that this is important and this is something that's out there in the world. And that, you know, there, that was a time where you heard about a lot of, you know, famous people or people in the news um, that were really struggling with mental health. And so I think in a way that that started to shine a light on things as well. And what we've seen, and again, this is a journey, right? We didn't, right. We, right. we didn't figure this out seven, eight, 10 years ago, right? We, but we started with something and then we kind of grew from there and, and you just start to kind of chip away at things. And, and you know, it's, we tried to really embed that into our culture and who we are. So not a bolt-on program or anything like that. Although we do have lots of programs that our people can, can attend, but really try to make this kind of from the top all the way down, just part of our culture and part of something that, hey, flexibility is important. Your mental health is important. Your well-being is important. And we do work really hard and there are going to be long hours. But please know that you need to speak up and you need to talk and we're right. here together to figure figure this out. So, um, you know, we're, we're not perfect and we definitely haven't figured everything out. But and, and there will be more changes to come down the road, I'm sure, just as again, like as, as we continue on this journey. Right. And you know what you made me think you all had we're doing this pre-COVID, but a lot of folks are are starting to have to deal with this. And right. I, I think that that. Sh- that's great that they're they're wanting to talk about it and learn about it, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's even you know it's probably even scarier because the stakes seem really high right now. Um, right. So well, if, yeah, if they can just start to do something, I just think something. That, yeah. Okay, Jenny, why don't we jump jump in to some of the tips that you wanted to provide about well being today? Okay, yeah, that would be great. Um, and you know, I think well being. The way we focus on it, Deloitte, we call it empowered well-being, which really means individual, you know, you are empowering your your own well-being. And so I will be the first to, to claim that well-being, what works for me might not work for you, Maureen, and might not work for, you know, other other people as well. But these are just some things that, that I've found that have worked pretty well for me as well as others, especially during this kind of COVID, you know, un, unusual world that, that we're living in. Um, you know, I know many of us, our routines have been a little bit shaken around upside right. down. Maybe we got back into a routine, then maybe we fell off a routine and maybe we're back into different routines now, especially if you have, you know, anybody who's in school, right? If you have, a, you know, either whether it's a young child or even a college student, things were much different in 2020 and now we're in 2021 and the kids seem to be in school and, you know, <laughs> those sorts of things. So, um, you know, I think routine, routine is, is a, is a big big thing to focus on from well-being and making sure that you can maintain your well-being. But you know, how do we get there? 
I really say let's focus on the basics. So you don't need to go train for a half marathon. You don't need to all of a sudden, um, you know, only eat super, super healthy meals and all that, but really, really sticking to the basics. So, um, trying to find, you know, eating, eating relatively healthy food that's fueling your body movement. I didn't say exercise, definitely just, <laughs> just movement is what we're talking about. Um, sleep is, is extremely important. And then also finding joy or finding something to be, um, kind of hopeful or, or happy about. So I can kind of jump into, to, you know, it was each of those, if you want, and really, I, I would say I focus more on micro steps. So again, not anything huge. You don't want to sit there, you know, we're about to approach, um, January 1st, right. And everyone <laughs> looks at this and they, they may come up with new year's resolutions and these really, really bold goals. But I really think focusing on micro steps and, and is really, really key to success. Um, and so I'm, I'm not a big proponent of new year's resolutions and right. because I just feel like they're kind of hard if you, cause if you fail, then you feel like, Oh, you know, you, you do them for a week and then you, you kind of move on. So I really focus on, on micro steps and, and some of those, you know, if we think about eating and nutrition, and again, you don't need to try to do anything, um, crazy or do any crazy fad dieting or completely change the way you, the way you eat. But for me, I like to fuel my body every two to three hours. So if you think about it during the day, um, every two to three hours, eating something small, light, you know, whether it's having snacks on hand, fruit, vegetables, um, you know, things that are kind of healthy, nutrient dense foods. And again, this isn't all the time. This isn't something that you need to do all day, every day. But for me, um, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the term hangry. And so (laughs) if you don't keep your, you know, body kind of fed throughout the day and and those nutrients coming into your body or or water into your body, it can really change just the way your, your focus, it can change your attitude. It can have a lot of physiological effects. So, um, again, not trying to do anything crazy, but what I find is just having some healthy choices in the house makes a big difference. Like, you know, I try not to buy a ton of sweets still keep in the house. I get enough sweets, right. If I'm going out and about, or I'm at a restaurant or whatever, like I'm picking up a lot of, a lot of sweets around. Um, and so, you know, just trying to keep some healthy choices. So that's really how I would approach things from more of an eating and, and nutrition standpoint. Right. right. Um, that seems to work really well. Um, yeah. if we think about it from like a, a movement standpoint, again, I think it can be really intimidating if you're like, I'm going to work out seven days a week and, you know, start out and you're just going to be, you know, and again, like during COVID, if you think about it, our worlds were just completely for a while, everything was shut down and, but now they're reopened. And so if you go to the gym, you can do that. Or you play in a sports league, you can do, you know, you can generally like right. do those things now. Um, but really what's really key is just moving your body. So whether that's standing up, that's going on a walk, that's doing some, you know, light exercises at your, you know, at your, your desk, but trying to get in, you know, 30 minutes or so of, of movement. I live in a townhouse. So I, I try to claim that, you know, walking up and down the stairs (laughs) of of the townhouse, I get a lot of exercise and I probably do actually, but that doesn't, you know, doesn't really replace regular exercise. Um, but again, thinking about it from like a micro step standpoint right. and not thinking about it, that I just have to go and do this huge new, new thing. Um, what I've also found that's really, really helpful is habit stacking. So stacking some of those, you know, if you want to focus on nutrition or you want to focus on sleep, or you want to focus on eating again, maybe not focus on all three of those. If you're trying to do, you know, make some changes, maybe pick one of those. What's the, what's most important to you, but 
um, stacking things on top of other habits that you do. So, you know, maybe it's that you want to eat, eat better or more regularly. So use your smartphone, right there. They have all kinds of reminders and gadgets and use your calendar and outlook. Um, I also, I kind of post a lot of things on my mirror and write myself reminders all the time and, and notes. So, you know, maybe it's when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you're kind of going through, okay, what am I going to do? What's that one thing? Or maybe, you know, when you're eating breakfast, you're reminding yourself, okay, I need to, you know, move today, but I really use the technology that we have to help, help, you know, kind of, um, remind myself of, of what I, you know, what I need to do. And then if we think about sleep, I think sleep is something that is just extremely underrated by <laughs> many people, especially CPAs and just the, you know, the, the longer hours that we work and then the deadlines that are kind of, you know, out there, um, you know, we really should be aiming for seven to nine hours of sleep. And, and for me, sleep, I, I feel like I'm more on the nine hour. I don't know where you are, Marie, <laughs> but I, I feel like I need more the eight to nine hour versus the, the seven. And so again, if we think about this from a micro step standpoint, say right now you're getting six hours of sleep, don't all of a sudden make your goal to be nine hours, right? Cause that's probably not going to happen, but can you go to bed 15 minutes earlier tonight? Right. Or in the, over the next week, like, can you start to go to bed 15 minutes earlier? And then, you know, down the road, another week or two, then you add another 15 minutes and then, you know, you see how, right, see what I'm right, saying. Right. Right. And then eventually you're going to work up to where you're getting a full extra hour of sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of how I, what I've seen be really, really successful. You know, I think routines, like I said, are really important. Um, writing things down and kind of communicating to people what some of your goals are. And again, not trying to think of it in like this huge life-changing sort of goals, but any small thing that you're doing throughout the day. Um, I know I mentioned earlier, bolt on, you know, sessions or projects or resources for poor people at work. Also, you want to think like, you don't want to just bolt on well-being to your life, right? You need to embed it in your day-to-day life, right, like embed right. it throughout your day. It shouldn't be something that at the end of the day, you're like, okay, well, right now I'm going to do, you know, now I'm going to focus on my well-being when you're exhausted during the day, but you can take these little steps throughout the day. Or maybe you say, well, next month I'm going to go get a massage. Well, what about the other 30 days, you know, that you just spent? So, um, those are just some tips that I, yeah. that I thought would be helpful to share with, you know, would love your thoughts or reactions to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard recently someone say that, um, related to this, don't rely on motivation. You rely on habits because yeah. motivation is <laughs> it's hard. It's it goes big, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. But the habits like, you know, of course, most of us have a cup of coffee, but maybe have a drink, you know, a cup of water before your cup of coffee. So it is kind of stacking those things, the habit that stacking. something that you do every day. So I really love that idea. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's really key to success. And I think too, like, just don't try to think of things as you know, that you have to make these huge changes, especially in a time of life right now where things are so, they're still uncertain, right? There's still new variants coming out. We're still not back to normal. We have no idea what normal is going to look like. Eventually we're in, we're in a normal for whatever we, whatever it is right now, right? We're going into the holidays, which thankfully does look different for a lot of people than it did last year. You know, a lot of people are, are much more comfortable getting together. So you know, that connection piece is really important and people are going to be able to do that, but maybe it still, it feels different to you or you still feel like there's some uncertainty out there. So I think just cutting ourselves some, some slack during this time is, is really, really important. Um, 
and just trying to, you know, pick one or two things that you want to embed into your day. You know, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's meditation or maybe it's journaling or something. If you think about something more from kind of a, a, a purpose driven or kind of a mindfulness state, there's a lot of really great apps out there that can help you kind of do guided meditation or can kind of prompt you for some right. sort of reflection. Um, you know, I try to do those kind of on the bookends of my day. So either in the morning, like when I'm right. again, like try, getting ready in the morning or at the, the end of the day. So, um, I, like you said, I think it's the, the habit I, I've heard something, I think, you know, you, you kind of fall to, we don't rise kind of up to our, our, our goals or our motivation necessarily, but we fall to the systems that we, we have in place. And so whatever those systems are that we have in place, if we can right. start to kind of add, you know, little tweaks there to help, um, focus on our well-being, um, it can make a really big difference. Right. You mentioned the, um, using the apps. I started using Headspace app, yes. um, a little while ago and they, they do really make it easy for you and, um, it's enjoyable. And I, I had to think about how will I make this a routine and, and a habit and, um, you know, so now I say, okay, instead of spending five minutes on Facebook, spend right. five minutes on this. <laughs> exactly. There is time that you can find time um, to do this. And just that little bit um, yeah. feels good. And right. it really is uh, just a great way to start the day. And yeah. um, they're doing the hard work for you of finding uh, the ways that do it. Right. It's just amazing. You just have so, to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm like a paid sponsor for them because I'm telling everyone I know about it. I, I love Headspace and again, not to promote in too many different apps, but Headspace is great. There's an app called Calm, yeah. which is also really good. Um, there's just so many, so many app, apps out there and some of them, you know, have journaling prompts that you can do. Others are just two, five minute meditation kind of mindfulness. And again, if you think about it, I mean, I scroll Facebook a lot and it's very, you know, kind of numbing, I guess you're just kind of, you know, you just look at it and you don't have to think you, you kind of get distracted, but is that really like good for us? And is that helping anything? But if you think about the being intentional with our time and intentional using some of those apps, it just helps to reset you. Cause when you get finished scrolling Facebook versus if you got finished with five minutes of doing calm or some other sort of intentional kind of mindfulness exercise, you're going to feel completely different, right? You're going to feel way, way more calm and kind of ready to approach the day. Um, other than if you're looking at Facebook, which again, nothing against Facebook. No, no, I exactly. Facebook. I look at it all the time, <laughs> but it just, you know, you're just going to feel a little bit better setting your day out, um, with some intentionality, but, and I do, you know, I put reminders, even if you put on your phone, you kind of type something out in your notes and you do a screen print and it's literally on your phone. The first thing you see when you pick up your phone, if you have, you know, any sort of goals you have for the day, maybe it's drink three cups of water today, or, you know, make sure you take, um, you know, 15 minutes to go outside and get some sun. But if, you know, I've seen people put it on their actual, um, you know, safe, it's like their front face on their, on their phone. And there's just oh, these wow. little, little things that just help because I mean, we're just creatures of habit. And so the more you can kind of put it in your face or create a habit out of it, yeah. the better. It, it's funny when you think about, um, you know, when you have little kids and you put brush your teeth, yeah, this. like signs all over. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, we're the same way as adults. We need to, to, yeah. to try yeah. that. I, I hadn't yeah. thought about it like that. Um, Make it as try. simple, as simple as we possibly can. And then as, you know, probably small, like little steps 
as we can, and then we, we can be successful at this. Right, right, right. So uh, to recap, it's eating healthy, moving, sleeping, sleeping, uh, doing some things that, you know, are intentionally like finding joy, finding you know, joy. Yeah. For me, I know like during, during COVID, obviously in the beginning stages, it was just such a weird, a weird times. So I just tried to get outside as much as I could. Right. Like I took so many more walks in the early part of COVID than I probably had my entire adult life. Like, I just think people are now walking, like just going on walks. I don't think people really did that as much. Um, because, and we're also home a lot more, right. So you have a little bit more time, but you know, for me, I would try to get outside and, um, you know, a lot of times I would go on walks with my kids and, and, you know, this is kind of funny, but they would make fun of me because I would watch this one tree and I watched it, you know, in March, 2020 in the springtime. And then I watched in the summer and then the fall and then, you know, the winter. And I'm like, I got to see the whole, the whole cycle, um, throughout the year. And they, you know, they made fun of me, but for me getting outside in nature and getting a little bit of vitamin D, um, can really be helpful. So I think just looking for those little things, um, that can help find, you know, find your joy, whatever that is. I know we're headed into could, what could be a really joyful time of year with the holidays, but could also be really, really hard for people who the holidays are not something positive that they're looking forward to. Right. So, you know, I think just, again, giving yourself a little bit of, a little bit of a break and, and choosing to do some of those intentional things that, you know, are going to kind of feed, feed your well-being, um, whether it's mindfulness exercises, spending time with a friend, spending time outside. Thankfully right. we've had some really lovely weather, um, much warmer than, than right. normal in December. So you can still get outside quite right. a bit, which has been nice. Yeah. The other thing I heard recently is, um, if, if you are trying a habit and maybe you get off track, don't overcorrect. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like you're saying, Oh, I, you know, maybe I didn't eat healthy. So now I'm going to kill myself at the gym. So really, yeah. I, I love how you're putting it as the micro steps of yeah. really being yeah kind to yourself, but building in these, these good habits that exactly. will lead to your well-being. Yeah. You don't need to overcorrect. You just move on, pick up the next day. Like don't beat yourself up. If you had a cookie, totally. Okay. You know, have, have multiple cookies. That's totally fine. You know, if you're trying <laughs> to make a goal of not having as much sweet the next day, just try again. Right. That's definitely okay. Right. Right. So yeah. do you have any habits you're working on right now? <laughs> so I am working on drinking less caffeine. So I am, I, you know, I, I've told my kids that that's what I'm working on. My daughter made me this little note. She has a post-it on the refrigerator. Um, so just working on more, more water, less caffeine throughout the day, um, is something that I I've been working on. And again, it's just, it's, it's just a habit. You just get into a habit of whatever, you know, whatever you're drinking, however many cups of coffee or whatever it or tea or whatever it is. And so it's just replacing, it's replacing one of those or two of those with water. So that's something that I've been working on lately. That's great. That's great. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for um, spending the time with us today. I hope everyone tunes in um, in January for our mental health summit. You'll be talking about a different topic, more organizational. Yep. What can you do um, in the office? So right now we're reflecting on personally, on yourself, right. right? Personally, what are some of those habits? Um, and what we always talk about is if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take yeah, care of you anyone can't take else. care of others. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, maybe our listeners can think about that and then um, pop in um, for that other, other program and see how they can help their organization. Yeah, that sounds so, good. Well, thanks for having me today. This was great. I really appreciate the time and it was just a great conversation to have. So thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much, Jenny. Take care. Uh-huh.